Are the days of God performing miracles over and behind us? Or does the Lord still do that today? We'll look into that today on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Welcome to our Friday edition of Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We're in the middle of a study on the Holy Spirit and currently pointing out the manifestations of the Spirit that we find in 1 Corinthians 12, like the workings of miracles. Maybe you can look back on a time in your life when you experienced something unexplainable and supernatural. Perhaps you didn't know how you'd pay your rent, and God delivered big time. We'll see that God does the miraculous today just as He did in the past. Here's Ed with an example in Scripture. Let me show you a supernatural working of miracles in John's Gospel at this wedding in Cana. There was a need in this wedding for wine. They had run out. And in John chapter 2, on the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, verse 3. They ran out of wine And the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. But his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. And now there were six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. And thus Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out and take it to the master. And they took it. And the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine. That was a miracle. It was water filled to the brim. They pull it out and the water was made wine. Supernatural. It's unexplainable. God had a a work for this group of people at the wedding to blow their minds. And he used Jesus to bring it about. Jesus heals a nobleman's son from a distance. He raises the dead at least three times. Jesus feeds the multitude by multiplying. We were thinking this not too long ago, just thinking about the enormity of what was required. We take it, those of us that have read the Bible, we study it, we we, we take the feeding of 5,000, yeah, no problem, no problem. Jesus could feed 5,000. That was incredible. To think of the Pepsi Center being filled. Let's say the 5,000, and then if everyone had a wife and a kid, that's another 10,000. So there's 15,000 people. So the Pepsi Center is filled. Jesus is on the middle, right there where the Dimmer Nuggets logo is, right there. And he says, you got a lot of hungry people. Well, we got a couple fish and some loaves. Okay, okay. Have everybody sit down. Everybody's going to eat. And they ate, and they ate. And he took it and he distributed it. Took it constantly. We just, well, yeah, that's what happened. No, it's a miracle. It's amazing. All throughout the scriptures, God has shown up in a way where it is impossible. Here's why. Let me, let me tell you. This is one of the ways, reasons we don't see the miraculous. If you want to jot them down, I'll let you know. Number one, you don't see the miraculous because you have money in the bank. And when there's a need, it's easy to write a check. 
Now, not everybody has money in the bank. You're trusting in the Lord right now, and God's going to show up miraculously. He's going to blow your mind. There's going to be food on your doorstep. You go, where'd that come from? Well, the Lord just hooked you up. He didn't multiply it for you. He just showed up on your doorstep. He used human beings. You know, a dove was flying over here, and it just died and fell in front. You got to cook it up on the barbecue right there. <laughs> How'd that happen? God. But we have a checkbook. And so we write a check when there's a need. And if you don't have a checkbook, number two, you have a credit card. So when there's a need, you can always pull out the plastic. I have a need. Don't need to trust in the Lord. Don't need to pray about it. Don't even need to ask God to show up supernaturally. Blow my mind, God. Blow my mind and there's a need. Another reason why we don't see the miraculous is because we don't expect or ask for the miraculous. Because like we saw last time as it relates to healings, there is in us this skepticism. Once you leave the United States of America, the skepticism seems to go, become less and less and less and less, depending on where you go. Because when you have nothing, and many of the places we go on mission have nothing, you learn that you have everything in the Lord. But with you and I, when we have things, then the danger is to... You know, if, if you have nothing, you have all God. But if you have something, then maybe a little bit of God and a little bit of my stuff. And you have to guard yourself because the things that you and I have, the money, the abundance, the blessing, isn't for us to hoard and hold on to so we can be comfortable because we have stuff and we don't need to trust in God. It's to be used as good stewards of what he's entrusted to our care. Our kids, our finances, our home, our clothes, our cars, all of it. It all belongs to the Lord. And you don't believe me, you watch. You start holding on to it so tight, and I, you tell me when God takes it away from you. Just come up and let me, hey, Ed, you were right. I know. It's happened to me multiple times. Where I was so confident that this was going to be mine, and it is mine. You know, we get so tight with stuff. It's like the kids down in the nursery. Like, they're one year old, but they have supernatural strength. When they have a toy, hey, come on, it's time to share. And you're pulling it, pull, whoa, pulling it. And you just go, bam, then they let go of it. Because <laughs> you are bigger, right? <laughs> and so those of you that have those little things, you go, I hope they're not doing that with my kid, you know, get my kid. There's supernatural strength. Like, it's just amazing the kids, when they don't want to share, they're not going to share. When they don't want to love, they're going to stand there and look you in the face like they could take you on. <laughs> Kids can't take me on. Just one little pop on the head. They'll be crying. And... But they do. Have you ever seen that look in a kid's face? Just a little four-year-old. You can't tell me what to do. Like, who are you? I made you, man. And you know, that's how it is with the Lord. You're just a kid before him. And you're looking at him and go, no, God, no. And God's like, who are you again? I sent Jesus to die for you. you. I own you. Not in a bad way. He bought you with his own blood so you can have a relationship with him. So you can learn to live in the power of his spirit. But no, because we have these things in our lives, the supernatural, come on, Ed, come on. Yeah, I say, come on. I say that God wants to work in your life in a supernatural way. I look at some of you and you got kids that aren't walking with the Lord. It's going to take a supernatural work of God's spirit to grab them. But he will. You know, we try to, when we're dealing with unbelievers and stuff, we tend to lean on our explanations. 
And we tend to lean on, you know, I read a book about you. I'm not going to let you know, but I read a book and I'm all prepared. And I think those are things are great, but it doesn't matter. It's going to require God to act on your behalf to get their heart. It'll save you a lot of energy. And you can just go back to loving people in Jesus' name. That's a lot easier. Just loving people, serving them, making them pies, you know, and just encouraging them and, and sharing with one another. Those kind of things melt hearts and they prepare a fertile heart for the miraculous to show up sovereignly by the Lord. We turn to the book of Acts. We're not going to go through them, but I mean, we see miracle after miracle in the early church. It's convicting. In the early church, we saw signs and wonders come through Stephen's life in Acts chapter 6. On Philip's trip to Samaria, that included miracles, Acts chapter 8. Peter raised Dorcas from the dead, chapter 9. Paul raised Eutychus from the dead, chapter 20. And the miracles over and over. And again, like the other manifestations of the Spirit, no one walks around with the gifts of miracles and can just do them on demand. You can't find the guy in the church that says, who's got the gifts of miracles? We need a miracle over here, brother. It's the Spirit of God. Anyone, the Holy Spirit can show up to anyone with the gift of miracles. You can't use it sort of like a badge. And I have the gift of the word of knowledge and I have the, uh, sort of like a Boy Scout badge of all the things that you do. It's sovereign. It's from the Lord. It's his working. You and I just are open to it, just to be ready to be used. God does work miracles today. The miracles of God did not cease with the apostles. There is a large segment of the church that denies the supernatural because of a century, just one turn of the page of the calendar. We're going to see when we look at the gift of the supernatural manifestation of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. There's a whole segment of the church that says we don't need tongues anymore. We have the word of God. And they have one little obscure passage that that doesn't say that at all. But instead, what we have is an encouragement. Don't worry about the supernatural. We We have the answer now. We know what God wants to do today. I just want you to know we don't know what God wants to do in a particular situation. We understand his heart, but we don't know how he's going to act. And that's often a mistake that we make. We know his heart. We want to get to know his character and his nature. But God's thoughts, not your thoughts. God's ways, not our ways. And we'll look at that in depth as well as the fullness of this section of scripture is revealed to us. A miracle is a supernatural unexplainable happening and since God is still alive today and still working there are going to be supernatural happenings occurring in our lives turn over to Matthew chapter 19 I mentioned this a little bit this last weekend I want you to consider I want you to absorb let's take this home and pray through it that salvation is a miracle. Your salvation was probably a miracle. There are people here today that when they look at you, they go, that guy, you go to your reunion. I think I might be coming up on my 10-year reunion here. (laughs) Times three. And just the fact that I show up, that's a miracle. You're still alive? Yes. And Jesus saved my soul. Ah, oh, you're not religious. Dude, you knew me. You saw it. You experienced it. And yes, you thought I was dead. I probably should have been dead. 
but because of Jesus, I'm alive. You're a walking miracle wherever you go. And it doesn't even matter. Like, well, you know, Ed, I was, I was raised in a good home. That in itself is a powerful, supernatural work of God that you were born to a home with godly parents that loved you and poured into you. Do you know what a blessing that? There are young people right now, you are probably, you are tempted to despise the godly upbringing you have right now. Do not despise it. You do not need to taste the world to understand that it's poison and it'll kill you. You don't have to have the pain of the world. You don't have to go, well, I just need to test it out. No, you don't. You just need to talk to somebody that has ruined their life. Doing what you wanted to do 20 years ago. Well, you know, I just want to drink because all my buddies are drinking and, and I just want to taste it. No, no, it's not a good idea. Because if you choose not to drink, even one drink, you'll never get drunk. And if you never get drunk... You'll, you'll never make a stupid, drunken mistake. You'll never end up in the drunk tank in jail. You'll never run over someone and kill them while you're drunk driving. It'll never happen. Just stay away from it. It's not good for you. This phrase has been coming up over and over again lately. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I could go on on and on of things that are in the gray, or, but, but all my friends are doing it, and your friends are making stupid decisions. Because I lived it. I was there. I'm not like talking from a distance. I was in the middle of it. And it just didn't hurt me. But everyone that touched my life. People my relatives. Anybody that my life touched, I brought pain into their life. Why? Because of sin. Because of the, the, the wreck that sin does in a life. You know, those that might be listening in and you're like, well, I think the only, the only solution is divorce. You know, the kids will be okay. You know what? Seek the Lord while he may be found. You're obviously listening to Christian radio or you listen to a Bible study right now. While you still have a heart to seek the Lord, seek the Lord. He'll help you out. He'll bring healing to your heart. He'll help you process the pain and the difficulty and he'll help. You're listening to this so you know that God is trying to get your attention. It's the pain, the outgrowth of that. It's so long. It's so, it's so hard. And you can stop it all by choosing to live a godly life. It's a miracle. It would require a supernatural miracle to intervene. But then when God does intervene supernaturally, he gets all the credit. He receives all the glory. And that's what we want to see. And here in Matthew chapter 19, the rich young ruler comes to Jesus seeking the way of salvation. He left away. He left after Jesus touched it what it was in his heart. And that rich young ruler... He thought he had done everything right. He thought he had done everything. I, I've kept the law. And Jesus, I, I love that about Jesus. That's, all the gifts working through Jesus. He gets right to the heart of the matter very quickly. You know what? Sell everything you have. Whoa. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, no, I, you know, I, no, I'm not selling nothing, man. I don't. If that's what salvation is. I, you know, I, I can't do it. And it's a Bible says... Here in Matthew chapter 19, in verse 22. But then when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful. Because he had, he had great possessions. And then Jesus turns to his disciples. Assuredly, I say to you, it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Again, I say to you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those of you that study, you look at commentaries, there's a lot of fanciful explanations of what Jesus is saying here. But I'm going to make it very simple for you. What Jesus is saying here in verse 24 is that it is impossible. It's in, this is an impossibility. He's not describing, I don't believe, he's describing some particular gate that if you did it just right, you can get the camel through. That's sort of like salvation by works. You know, if you work it really good, and you know, I know it's impossible to get the camel through, but if you work it really good and you dig a little bit and you get all your friends together, you can make it happen. I don't believe that's what Jesus is saying here. I believe he's saying exactly what it is. It is, it's like getting a camel through the eye of the needle. What? I know, that's what I wanted you to, I wanted you to feel that. I wanted, you to, I wanted you to sense that there's nothing you could do to gain salvation on your own strength. There's nothing. It's impossible. Because the disciples understood that. They weren't trying to figure out, hey, let's go try that. Maybe Jesus is challenging us. Get, you, get, get a camel, Peter. You got, hey, John, get a shovel. Let's go see. He, they don't do that. It says in verse 25, when the disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed and said, who can be saved? And I love Jesus, he says, with men, this is, what does your Bible say? Context is everything. You got to be careful when you're reading commentaries. Everybody has an idea. Just read the Bible. It's right there. It's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And since a miracle is achieving something that's humanly impossible, then salvation becomes a miracle because it's humanly impossible for man to save himself. And we see that miracle over and over and over again. That's the most common miracle that we are able to see. And so to say that the days of miracles are over is to say that there's no hope for their lost. And that God's not saving anyone anymore. He is still God working miracles in and among us. I have seen countless miracles with my own eyes of transformed lives. Men and women written off by society, thrown away, kicked to the curb... And God has delivered. I have seen financial miracles in people's lives where they're just desperate for God and God brought them right to the edge and, right to the edge and God came through. I mean, weird stuff. Checks in the mail. Money in an envelope. Things in under, you know, you're going through and you're, you're, you're down to nothing and as you're flipping through the Bible, there was a $20 bill there. And you go, where did that come from? Who knows, but it's there. Go buy some food. Let God work in your life powerful things i've seen all sorts of wonderful work it's not like the the goofiness you see on tv it's just not that the gold dust coming from the the ceiling and, and and okay come on up i think i think okay i think somebody's feeling turned to gold what what's good is that well, what does that do for the glory of god and then we all walk out with you're gonna go check in the mirror before you leave now huh huh it's, that's not, that's hype. It's like, what's the purpose? God doesn't get any glory. The ministry does. Because now everybody's talking about the ministry and you got to show up at this church. Because you're going to get gold, man. If you take a bucket, gold's going to come. It's just going to manifest and it's going to come and, and then we're all going to be laughing and hopping and then all the church is getting attention. Then that particular leader is getting attention and with all that attention, then that person, that ministry starts to lead people away from the simplicity of the gospel. The more you watch that stuff, the more you tend to believe it because you're wanting. Here's the thing. 
The reason why people follow that is because I believe there is a genuineness to want to see God work supernaturally. You want to see his supernatural working in your life. And not, I'm not even in the realm of wanting it selfishly. You're not selfishly wanting it. You just want God to show up. You're not wanting something for yourself. You're not asking God to put a Mercedes Benz in your driveway. You're just asking for a driveway so your kids can have a home. It's just sincere. You're, just, you're not wanting a million dollars in the bank. You just want a job where you can provide for the needs of your home. And it's in that vulnerability and the reality that God is in the miracle working business that there are charlatans that come and take advantage. And like, wow, is it, can God really rain gold? You know, I believe God can rain gold down if he wants to. I believe he can. I believe that he's able to change your filling to gold if he wants to. I believe that he's able to do all sorts of things that would manifest in a supernatural way. I believe that. And at the same time, I believe that when God does work supernaturally, he doesn't draw attention to man and to man's ministries. And so therefore, I reject that nonsense because I don't see it in the scriptures. I don't see God working that way. Well, wait a minute, Ed, you just said supernatural is working out of the box. You know, I see God doing a lot of things that bring him glory out of the box. And I don't believe it's God's heart for you ever to come to, to a service like this seeking gold or whatever new gizmo or gadget that some ministries developed for the sole purpose of getting their hands in your pockets. I mean, because if that, the ministry is really, you know, hooking up with the gold, then they'd never take another offering. Because gold's like really high right now. <laughs> like you just put it in a bucket. Now look what God has done. He's given me a million dollars worth of gold. No, no, he hasn't. You put that stuff up in the ceiling and when it shakes, you know, our, our ceiling shakes all the time. Only dirt falls. <laughs> and the whole sole purpose is to gain people's attention, gain people's trust, gain people's confidence. And then with that, then you also start to request. Obviously, see the presence of God. Give us your money. But if that was really the presence of God, God doesn't need your money. He can provide just fine. And so be careful, church. That may just be to a few of you tonight. You may have friends caught up in that stuff. The supernatural working of God is not going to be a self-centered. A lot of those types of ministries, they prey on the greed that can be touched in all of us. Well, who doesn't want more? Like, yeah, if I have 10 bucks, 100 is fine. And so with that mindset in our flesh, you can already hear it. Hey, come to the miracle working, and if you sow your seed of 10, it's 100 full. I mean, of course, you're going to sow a couple seeds, aren't you? You're going to get a bucket full of seed if that's how God works. But that's not what's being described in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. What's being described in, in 1 Corinthians 12 is the manifestation of the Spirit that comes alongside of your gifting. We're enjoying a study of the Holy Spirit here on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is our teacher on the program. You can request today's message or the complete set of studies in our series by calling 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or if it's easier, drop by calvaryaurora.org where you can listen online for free. 
Abounding Grace is listener-supported. Every gift plays an important role in helping us bring the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. And when you support the ministry today with a gift of $25 or more, we'll say thanks by sending you Gene Edwards' book, The Prisoner in the Third Cell. When we go through difficult times, questions tend to surface, like, why would God allow this? No doubt John the Baptist had a few questions of his own as he was unjustly imprisoned by Herod. You'll look beyond the seemingly unfair circumstances to God's heart and purposes. It'll serve to help you navigate through the trials of life with the right perspective. So request a copy of The Prisoner in the Third Cell as you call us at 877-30-GRACE or go online to calvaryaurora.org. And please remember, your financial support is not only needed at this time, but will be put to good use, helping people all across the nation learn about and grow by God's abounding grace. There are a couple of apps we'd like to recommend that you add to your mobile device. They're the Calvary Aurora and Grace FM Colorado apps. This is a great way to listen and learn on the go. Glad to have you with us for today's broadcast. We look forward to continuing the study on the Holy Spirit next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. In the meantime, let's be drawing on God's abounding grace for daily living. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Chapel, Aurora. 